Welcome to the Lost Boys, the Found Fathers podcast. I'm Gabriel O'Sullivan, and joining me is my co-host, Will Haycox. We are men who have suffered the loss of a child, and through this production, we desire to offer encouragement, strength, and hope to our fellow brothers who have traveled the same journey. What's up, Will? How's it going, Gabe? Fantastic, brother. So we are on episode five of this series uh, that is entitled... Can't remember the exact title of it. We always try to come up with something catchy, but I think it's leading uh, our kids well. Leading the kids well. Leading our kids well. Right. So if you hadn't gone back and checked out episodes one through five, make sure that you do that. And you know, just a reminder that our podcast, again called Lost Boys to Found Fathers, we've talked a lot on this show about what we said in the intro about how do we encourage our fellow brothers who have traveled that journey of child loss. And we've talked about biblical principles that relate to that. We've talked about how do we respond to that in our personal lives, in our lives with our spouses, in our lives with other kids. How do we how do we deal with things like getting up and going to work and and uh, you know living our lives after such a tragedy? Uh, and we we started this because we we didn't feel like there was a good resource for men out there who have gone through that. And so that's why we're doing this. So again, if you if you've experienced that, uh, if you've got friends or family members who've experienced loss of a child, you know we would encourage you to point them in this direction because we just want to be a resource for guys mm-hmm. uh, to help them, you know, to to, to recover from that situation and mm-hmm. then and then move forward, understanding that a tragedy like that doesn't have to necessarily define you, but it helps to develop you. Mm-hmm. And so we've been there, we've done that. That's why we can say things like that doesn't mean that you forget about it or it gets easier it just means that you know god's going to help you to grow through it if you allow him mm. um so with now we're kind of transitioning a bit you know into leading our kids well becoming that father that we need to be for our current kids or even for our future kids if you don't have kids yet mm. probably one day you will you know either through natural birth or through adoption or foster care and um so now we want to we want to help us uh you know guys to to develop into even better fathers and so that's kind of where this series comes from anything you want to add to that will before we jump into today's no i'll just do a a quick overview kind of where we've been like you said go back and listen to the first four episodes but you know we covered first thessalonians 2 11 and 12 and we talked about you know how we should deal with our children like it says there you know we should be encouraging comforting and urging them to live lives worthy of god so we're you know we're encouraging them we're comforting them so we're we're tender and we're loving but also it's not just like you know i pat you on the back and regardless of what you do i'm, I'm comforting you and I'm, I'm being encouraging but also i'm there's a standard you know we're holding you to and we're pushing you to live a life worthy of the lord then we talked about you know ephesians 4 1 through 2 about being humble and gentle patient bearing with one another so there's you know there's that element we talked about of not being this you know, common, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Commanding father, yeah. you know, you're like, you're demanding everything of your kids. You're the guy on the sidelines, you know, that's grabbing your, you run out on the field and grabbing your kid by the arm and saying, Oh, you know, that's terrible. Why didn't you defend better? You know? And like, you're not even the coach. You're just being a terrible parent. You know? <laughs> you're, yeah. you're just that guy. Uh, but being humble and gentle in the way that you raise your kids. And again, still pushing them to that standard. Then we talked about Ephesians 6, 4, and last time we talked about uh, James 3, 17 through 18. So uh, there's a lot of things there that um, we have seen, you know, just let's just break a verse down, you know, and let's talk about, you know, what does the Lord tell us about how to be 
a good husband and a good father. So I'll let you take us with the, today's verse. Yeah, okay? so we, we know that words are important. Okay, we talked about some of that in other episodes like you just mentioned. And uh, if God, if words weren't important, I don't think God would have given us his His mm-hmm. Bible, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Radio Land mm-hmm. here, I'm holding up a Bible. Uh, Colorful Bible too. I know, man. Super cool. I don't. It's, mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't do that. I don't know. It's got a bunch man, of. Man, you like, have to have a steady hand to like do that. Pre-highlighted. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I don't know what the highlights mean. You know, but they're but they're super cool. Mm-hmm. So God gave us His His Word, so we know that words are important. I mean, John chapter one, right? Mm-hmm. In the beginning was the Word, and, mm-hmm. and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So uh, we want to make sure that we as men are using words that are helpful and kind and uplifting, even if they have to be stern and direct. Okay. Mm. And so we're talking about that in relation to how do we, you know, in being a a father and leading our kids well. You know, we talked about in previous episodes not wanting to exasperate our children, Mm. but build them up. And so, you know, good coaches, as you said earlier, good fathers, they are going to tell you like it is, Mm. but they're going to, help you to um you know have an understanding of 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 the of the fact that hey just because they might be talking to you in a way to direct you Mm -hmm. they're not trying to berate you okay they're not trying to talk down to you they're trying to help you understand where you are and then build you up Mm -hmm. and that's what we want to be like we don't want to be guys that are tearing someone down we want to be guys that build our kids up Mm -hmm. Now, does that mean that we're always telling them everything they're doing is great or it's awesome? No, of course not, because that would be setting them up for failure current in this current situation and, and later in life. You know, mm-hmm. we don't want to be the parents on American Idol who <laughs> think that they're, they they you know they tell the kids they can sing when they really can't sing, right? Yeah. We don't want to be that. We don't want to be that way. But in that vein, I'm going to read Ephesians 4:29, and this is a verse that means a lot to me and. <laughs> Uh, I'll kind of give you some backstory on that in a minute. It says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So, again, Ephesians 4.29, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Um, As a youth, I had a propensity towards gangster rap. Uh, I can not, see it. Not proud of that. I see it. Not proud of that because I was, you know, said, "Hey, I'm following Jesus, but I'm listening to Easy." Okay, at the mm-hmm. same time, that I don't think that Jesus would have had Easy or you know, NWA on his playlist like I did or Ice T or any of those guys. And the thing that I realized in my in my as I matured in my faith, and God mm-hmm. was like, "Hey, uh, dude, that's not appropriate mm-hmm. for you to be putting that kind of stuff in your mouth," because just like the old. You know, your old computer teacher would tell you garbage mm-hmm. in, garbage out. Right. Yeah. So I'm putting all this bad words and this filth and these bad images, you mm-hmm. know, in my brain from this music that I'm listening to. And, you know, guess how my language was on the basketball court, mm-hmm. you know, when I was in an mm-hmm. intense environment. It was not, people would not have been like, man, he loves Jesus, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, this guy's like, the greatest Christian I've ever met. Yeah. <laughs> right. That, mm-hmm. that would not have been the case, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so, again, I'm not, not proud of that, but. The thing that I, God, again, thankfully helped me understand as I as I grew older, and He, you know, continued to to refine me. I hope is that, man, what comes out of your mouth, like mm. your words that you say, you know, really do matter. Mm. Um, 
And so I think this verse really can apply to our lives mm-hmm. at home. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think there's so many different ways to take that, but I'll, I'll stick with at home since that's where we're, we're teeing this up. And maybe if we have time, we can go further than that. But, you know, you, you think of, you know, like what, what the Bible says about, you know, what goes in your mouth doesn't defile you, you know, like the Jewish ceremonial yeah. laws, you know, what whether it's pork or, you know, whatever it is that was against their ceremonial laws, you know, they said what goes in your mouth doesn't defile you, but what comes out of your mouth does. And so I think the idea there is eating something doesn't change your your relationship towards God and it doesn't defile you and make you, you know, less worthy. But to your point, like when you're when you're on the basketball court or when you're you're talking to your kids and you're just ripping into them or you're you're cussing at them or you know whatever it is that's showing that what's in your heart is, yeah. is being reflected there like it's not like mm-hmm. oh I, I mean our pastor has said multiple times you know like he's never met a guy who has a um, a consistent quiet time who's actively cheating on his wife you know looking at porn every day um, you know whatever stealing from work you know all this different stuff and that's because not that like reading the Bible is your your pill that if you take it life is perfect, but if you're filling your heart and your mind with the truth of the Lord, and you're immersing yourself in that, then there's I don't want to say there's not space, but you know you have the the counteractive force to all that temptation already in your heart and in your mind. And so if we're doing, to your point, Gabe, like we're, we're listening to music we shouldn't be listening to. We're all watching. You know, there's there's tons of shows that are super popular now. Years ago, it was Game of Thrones. And I guess now, years ago, I never watched. Uh, but it was Yellowstone. I know everybody liked. And there's lots of different shows that are well-produced shows that our culture in general thinks are great. And everyone's watching them. Everyone's talking about them. But for the most part, those shows because Hollywood is what it is and it has its own morals and set of rules and guidelines. They have nudity, they have language, they have violence, they have all these things that are filling our hearts and our minds with things that are not honoring the Lord. Hmm. And whether we're going to the extreme of watching these shows with our kids and modeling to them, like, this is a cool thing for you to to listen to and pay attention to. And, and, you know, you can say you're a Christian, but then you can spend – eight hours a week watching this particular show that's about as far away as it can get or whether you're just watching it by yourself and you know letting some of that infiltrate your mind back to the point there we are we are to lead our wife and our kids well by speaking things that, it, that are encouraging back to some of these other verses and are comforting and are urging them to live lives worthy of the Lord mm-hmm. rather than you know every time they come home and you know my my daughter's three now and she's she's in this like phase which she's been in for kind of a year but it's like it's gotten more like the older she gets you know the more she asserts her personality and her like no I don't want to do that and so if I'm you know I tell her to go to bed and she goes to bed and then she gets back up three minutes later or two minutes later if I walk in there, I'm just like, you're the most annoying. I can't believe, you know, you're just ridiculous. I can't, why don't you obey? Why don't you be better? You know, like yeah. be smarter. You know, if you were smarter, you would understand what I'm asking you to do. That's not loving. That's not comforting. That's not encouraging. That's not back to all these other verses we use. It's not humble. It's not gentle. It's not patient. I'm not bearing with her in love. Mm-hmm. I'm tearing her down. That's not building and, her up. Yeah. It's, it's not building her up, but it's, it's, 
forcing all of the the hate and the frustration in my heart onto her just to vent. Yeah. And so I think I'll I'll let you take this from your experience, but you know, building up our kids has so many implications that we can cover in a second, but if we're constantly tearing our kids down and they can't get they don't feel like they have our approval because, you know, we might pat them on the back and say I'm proud of you every now and then, but then if, if we're more effusive in our tearing them down, you know, about how terrible your report cards are and how come you didn't listen to your mom, you know, you're such a bad kid, blah, blah, blah. And then when they do something great, we're like, yeah, that's good. I'm proud of you. Like, which one are they going to remember? Yes. The the one sentence or like the constant attitude of berating them and, and telling them that, you know, they're not good enough and they can't measure up. And there's, man, there's research on that too that says that we kind of only remember the negative stuff, you know, like, and so I was listening to um, a video this week and this is a business video and the guy was saying just that thing. And certainly if that's the case, then we want to make sure that even in our chastisement, right, or our correction of our children, that we're doing it in a way that builds them up and Mm -hmm. doesn't tear them down. You know, it's unwholesome talk that could not only, you know, we're not only talking about our language, right? We're talking about like, are our words, helping our kids to grow closer a to the lord are we helping them develop you know emotionally with some Mm -hmm. emotional intelligence and some Mm -hmm. spiritual intelligence and uh are the words uh helping to um just elevate them as a whole or they Mm -hmm. are they are they tearing them down and Mm -hmm. if they're tearing them down then that's unwholesome talk okay because Mm -hmm. God doesn't talk to us like that in the Bible. If we look at the way that God communicates with us, like, yes, he calls out people in the Bible on their sin. But then he says, but, hey, I love you. I don't want Mm. that life for you. I want what's best for you. And Mm -hmm. that should be the attitude of our heart, too, as we're speaking to our kids. Mm -hmm. So that way it actually is helpful as this verse says, and it builds up others according to their needs. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we, and that, that's a, that's a unique phrase there because, you know, your kids' needs are going to be different than my kids' mm-hmm. needs, right? I've got three kids, and each of them is going to have different needs, right? I can mm-hmm. talk to one in one way and talk to another in another way, and their needs are, are not going to be being met equally if mm-hmm. I speak to them in the same manner, tone of voice, with the same words mm-hmm. because of their attitudes. Uh, you know, like Tyson, our little one, you can... My goodness gracious. I mean, I can say one thing like, hey, bro, I need you to brush your teeth. And mm. he's like, I'm the worst person mm. ever. Mm. I didn't brush my teeth. Mm. I'm, my teeth are going to fall out. Mm. You hate me. I'm mm. like, no, dude. I just said go brush mm-hmm. your teeth, right? Isaac, my middle one, he'd be like, I don't even care. Mm. I don't care if my teeth care. fall out. I'll gum a steak to death. Like, <laughs> just to spite just you, Just to dad. spite you, right? Yeah. Because that's just kind of his, he's just a tougher, you know, mm-hmm. exterior, I think, inside. Mm-hmm. He's not that way, but exterior, he's just tougher, man. Mm-hmm. And, and then Avery, our daughter, she's 17 now. You know, she's kind of like, whatever, like, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm going to obey my parents because it just makes more sense kind of mm-hmm. thing. And, and she's, you know, certainly we're seeing, you know, that maturity there. So, <clears throat> again, we want to have <clears throat> our, our talk be wholesome, and we want to have our talk to our children be helpful to build out, to build out their, or build up rather, them according to what they need, mm-hmm. right? Because they're individuals, mm-hmm. 
So. And and to the point, like to the last little phrase there, you know, building each other's up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Like, if we're being honest about it, what does it does it benefit anyone? And if it does, who does it benefit to just ream your kids? Mm. Like, you know, to come in. Your wife says, oh, well, this one and this one have been terrible today. You know, go deal with them. And instead of coming in, sitting down with them and saying, hey, you know, what's going on today? Let's talk about it. And then yes. having a, a stern, like to your point, God God didn't always like say, oh, I- oh Israel, come come please. Will you, will you sit in my lap so I can, you know, I can pat your little head and tell you I'm, I'm sorry that you rebelled against me. And, you know, would you please come back to me? Like, no, he sent plagues and he's like <laughs> right wiped out yeah. 20,000 people at a time but he did it with the intention of I'm drawing you back to me because what's best for you is to obey me and to be guided by me and have me as your god not you know running and doing your own thing so i think we should try to have the same attitude that we're not to strike them down and say all right you know you made this one mistake you didn't obey your mom today or you you know you lied here or there now you're the worst kid but having that idea of like how how is it going to benefit my child with what i'm saying right now how do i yes. how do i discipline in a way that is beneficial that builds them up and having that that mindset of you know how does the lord discipline me when i screw up mm-hmm. and it's not know lightning comes down from heaven and burns you to a crisp and you know that's the end of it that was the last mistake last chance you got it's you know god is is loving with the way that you know when we're going through hard times in our lives we can't always pinpoint you know this is a punishment and this is not and and, and i don't even know that it works that way i'm no theologian but seeing that everything god does there's a purpose behind it and if we don't know the whole purpose we do know that one of the purposes is to turn us back to the lord and to help us get back on that path of honoring him and obeying him and i think we should have that same mindset with our kids that yes you know if we're going into where we're at work and and i I was going to go to work for a second because it's a it's a issue for me and our work situations are different, Gabe. Not that everyone here is, is perfect and, you know, never says anything they shouldn't say, but, uh, you know, I work in construction. And so there's, you know, my project team, all the, the trade partners, the subcontractors we use. There's, if you've ever been around construction crews, it's not the most, uh, it's not flowery language <laughs> and, you know, everybody's quoting Shakespeare, right. if, if you know what I mean. It's, um, if they you know, were, crude I'd be jokes. Maybe about it'd be, be kind of weird. Job. It'd be kind of fun though if everyone was just like, "Look, yonder the light breaks or whatever." You I don't say know. That I don't know my. Yeah, that would. Yeah, it would be weird. <laughs> everyone would come on the job site. What did What did you drug these guys with? <laughs> That's right. Um, but no, it's it's coarse language. It's a lot of you know sexual jokes or just like you know ribbing somebody or, or pranking or just like being a jerk to one guy because you don't like him. You don't think he's smart or you know just a ton of cussing and things like that so if you're you're in that type of job whether you're a construction worker or you're a lawyer whatever your work environment looks like you got to build some barriers in your life where you're not bringing that home like you're not you're not thinking about and totally wrapped up in the mindset the words you know the the way of talking and relating to each other like because you can and, and guys should know this, you know, like you and I, Gabe, or me and some of my other buddies, like we can 
give each other a hard time, you know, and talk about like, yeah. you know, Gabe, why'd you put that hoodie on? You know, it makes you look like, you know, an Oompa Loompa. Like and you, like, cause we both, both have both Clemson, Clemson orange, yes, right? orange Clemson hoodies. We didn't, we didn't coordinate <laughs> this, but like I could give you a hard time and it's like, you know, it's from love. And like, that's how we express that we like each other. Yes. If I go home and tell my wife, like, why'd you wear that? It makes you look like this. I'm probably going to call you right back and say, Hey Gabe, can I sleep at your house tonight? That's true. That's true. So like, there's, you know intuitively you can talk to some people in a different way than you can talk to others so why don't we always act that way with our kids you know we we can i can be a project manager and order people around and make them do this and make them do that because i'm placed an authority over them at work i try not to do it that way but i can and then if i come home and try to demand the same thing of my three-year-old that i do of a you know 53 year old guy it's not going to work well, first of all, and it's not going to give her the impression that I love her, I'm trying to build her up, and then I'm trying to benefit her. It's just like, why is daddy yelling at me and telling me what to do? So yeah. um, I think there's there's tons of things. We could spend two or three or four episodes on this, but I think the the overall idea is, you know, let's love and try to be fathers like the Lord is to us, yes. and the Lord doesn't come down on us with unwholesome talk and berating us and then ask us to do what what's more convenient for him you know he he Mm. fills his book with words that build us up that give us what we need and that benefit us and and those that we carry the word to yeah that's so good like his whole Mm. his whole lean is towards obviously giving himself glory because he's the only Mm. god and he is worth that glory but in in that he's doing and saying everything to us like you said Mm -hmm. for our benefit because he loves us because we're his children Mm -hmm. just like we love our children right and he created us he we are his workmanship the bible says Mm -hmm. so he he cares for us right like he he, it's not something he just you know nobody's an accident even Mm -hmm. if your parents told you that (laughs) everyone is created for a purpose you know Mm -hmm. and and on purpose by god and it what you were saying earlier made me think of the John Eldridge book, um, <coughs> Wild at Heart. I don't mm. know if you've ever read it. If you haven't, I highly recommend it. I've read that book probably five times, six times in my life. And he uses a lot of scripture, a lot of good stuff. There is probably some pop psychology stuff mm. in there, too. Um, one of the things where he talks about the wound of the father, mm. right? And he's like, you have to go back and think about what, you know, what did your dad say to you that mm. screwed you up? You know, mm. what did your mom say to you that mm. jacked up your brain? And that's why you are the way you are, mm. you know, kind of now. Or so he kind of has you do these exercises to think mm. about that. And again, that's why I say there's that pop psychology aspect to it. Um, and we, you know. We, I, it's one of those things I wish I would have never read that because mm. now every time I say something stupid to my kids, I'm mm. like, oh man, I just that's going to be the, that's thing. the one. Yeah. That's the one they're going to just get. ruin their whole lives. And then I make it worse because then they're like, you shouldn't have said that to me. And I'm like, yeah, tell it to Oprah one day. <laughs> like, that's my rebuttal. And that's not okay. Like, tell it to Oprah. I should, and tell it like, to Mari. Who's yeah. Oprah? Yeah. <laughs> right? And I'm like, oh, okay. Sorry. Mm. I God, said. there's more than seven channels yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Turn the dial yeah. mm-hmm. to channel four. Click. Yeah. yeah. So uh, um, that's my bad parenting there. But mm. um, yeah. So we don't want to. We don't want to do that, mm-hmm. right? We don't want to have our kids to look back on us and be like, "Oh, there's this one time that my dad said mm-hmm. X, Y, or Z to me, and it 
you know, now it turned me into a meth addict, you know, mm-hmm. whatever the case yeah. may be. So mm-hmm. going using a little hyperbole there, I hope. But, um, you know, even so, re- recognize that mm. our goal is to build up our children. Our goal is to have wholesome talk come out of our mouths. Our goal is to help uh, to build them up and encourage them even in our correction or our rebuke or our chastisement. We need to do it in a way that's honoring of the Lord, mm. right? It, we can't go to them and be like, your mistake dishonored you and dishonored God and dishonored our family mm-hmm. and then allow our handling of how we correct them on that mistake to also dishonor God and mm-hmm. ourselves and our family because that's mm-hmm. just setting a bad example. And so we want everything that we say, we want it to somehow benefit those who listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's going to kind of, we have to be sensitive mm-hmm. to those that we're leading, be it our children or our wives or people at work as to what are their needs and how can mm-hmm. what I'm saying um, build them up. So, yeah. Absolutely. Anything else you got on this topic, man? No, I think like I said, there's a lot we could say here. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot more we could say, but without going off on a whole other tangent, yeah, let's maybe save that one for another for the day. next time, sure. Yeah. yeah, so thank you all for joining us today. You know, make sure that you follow Lost Boys to Found Fathers on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can also check out my books uh, online that will be done trusting god in the midst of pain suffering or loss you can find that one on amazon uh digital or uh, soft back is that what you call them soft cover soft back soft cover yeah and then also the newest one every little thing six small steps to perfect peace Uh, you can find that on amazon or Mm barnesandnoble.com or apple books as well you know digital or soft cover soft back Mm -hmm. Whatever, whatever you call it right there. Not so, hardback. Yeah. Not hardback. There you go. So uh, thank you all again for joining us. Let's not be lost. Let's be found in him.